Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. And once again, welcome back, everybody, to this edition of Draft Takes 2022. I'm Derek Gunn. It's presented by IBEW Local 98. Mark Lynch, the business manager. We, of course, we had my good friend and colleague Les Bowen on a short while ago when the Eagles made uh, the first of two selections in round number six. They traded out of the seventh round. And with their second pick in the seventh, uh, sixth round, they pick up a tight end, Grant Calcaterra, out of SMU. Uh, Les, from what I understand, uh, he played at Oklahoma first and then transferred to SMU. Can you provide us with any more detail about him? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do know he's had a lot of trouble with concussions. I just read that okay. after hearing about him for the first time when they picked him. But, uh, yeah, apparently, uh, you know, medical concerns uh, caused him to to drop in the draft. He uh, ran a good 40 time. Um you know, there's certainly, I think, a spot there, at least, you know, practice squad, backup type spot uh, uh, in the tight end rotation for the Eagles right now. Of course, uh, he's got to fight off that J.J. Uh, Ortega-Whiteside, who's, uh, you know, really going to make a, a big push as a tight end this year, probably. But, uh, you know, uh, and for fans that are concerned that, Oh my God! They made their last pick, and they still didn't get a corner or a safety. Well, you're not going to get a difference-making corner or safety at this point in the draft, anyway. No. And the important thing to remember here is because of COVID and the extra year of eligibility granted last year, right. there was a much smaller pool of players, uh, and the the guys that weren't drafted, it was a very shallow almost drought ridden pool mm-hmm. um this year there's like 700 players or something declared for the draft they only draft about a third of those so there, there's going to be mayhem uh signing these udfas and there's going to be guys that you can get that might help you they won't be probably all pros but they're going to they're going to sign some guys here that will make the team probably corners and safeties uh, at some point, you know, at least practice squad backup type uh, guys in those positions. And, you know, the draft isn't over when the draft is over, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, uh, I know a lot of people on the outside looking in, when you get down to round six and seven, you know, it doesn't pique a lot of people's interest, but history has shown that you do find some diamonds in a rough you know, in these mm-hmm. later rounds, you know, um, obviously uh, when you're picking this late, a lot of times it's just a stroke of luck. But when you think about names like Troy Brown, Seth Joyner, Marcus Colston, you know, Donald right. Driver, Terrell Davis, and a guy named Tom Brady, who just happened to be drafted mm-hmm. in the sixth round, you know, every now and then you do come across that, that, that rare gem. Sure. Uh, but, but less when you, this, Jordan, this, 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 Jordan Mylotta, perfect example. You look at him now. He's getting paid millions less. Oh my goodness! You know that's Derek uh, Gunn money there. Yeah. Who? 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 <laughs> hey, but you know when you look at when you look at the overall draft, what the Eagles have done here, they give. Let's start with uh, Jalen Hurts because a lot of the focus is mm-hmm. going to continue to be on Jalen Hurts for some time to come. 
And before the draft, all we heard about is Jalen Hurts doesn't have enough weapons. If you're going to put this pressure on Jalen Hurts, you got to give him some toys to play with. Well, now they go out and they get a primetime receiver in A.J. Brown to go along with last year's first-round draft pick, you know, and you're hoping that Quez Watkins takes um, a step forward uh, in, in his development. We're still waiting to see what John Hightower can add to this offense as well. But when you look in Dallas Goddard as a pass catcher, obviously one of the better tight ends in the game. So when you look at now the wealth of talent that Jalen Hurts has at his disposal this year, how much more pressure is he under the microscope now? We do take into consideration that he's only had one year as a starter in the National Football League, but it's year two in the same offense, and now he's been given more weapons to play with. Yeah, he sure has. Uh, I, I think he's probably going to see it as a positive. I mean, he's uh, apparently very close to A.J. Brown. Uh, they've been working out together. He went to A.J.'s uh, daughter's birthday party. Um, he, he's going to, you know, welcome this. But it certainly does set up a situation for evaluating him that is uh, pretty cut and dried. You know, um, there won't be a lot of, uh, well, he didn't have this and he didn't have that and you know, assuming people stay healthy, the O-line stays healthy, mm-hmm. uh, this will give them uh, clarity if he stays healthy, Jalen Hurts, uh, clarity on whether he's their quarterback moving forward. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure he welcomes that situation, but it does, there is pressure there, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this year is all about uh, Jalen Hurts and whether he's the guy. They've, they've strengthened the team around him that was 9-8 and eight last year against a pretty easy schedule and uh you know he's going to be expected to lead a team into the playoffs not to dominate the league or anything but i think they're going to expect to win 10 games you know i don't you think no i i agree because and i do think 10 games could possibly win the nfc east this year um yeah. you know i think and i've said this time and time again i think right now dallas has the best overall talent in the division but Dak Prescott has never won a big, big game, and they're coached by Mike McCarthy, so I think that balances right. the playing field uh, a little bit more. How, how do you perceive it? Yeah, I thought last year Dallas had by far and away the best talent in the division. Yep. Yep. I don't think Dallas has had a great offseason, really, no. frankly. I don't, from what little I know, I'm not blown away by their draft, and I wasn't blown away by their free agency. They lost some guys I thought that were pretty good, so – I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be as far ahead of the Eagles as I thought they were last season. Yeah. Uh, and you're right about the coaching. I mean, that's that's a big part of this, and uh, I'm not a Mike McCarthy guy. Mm. What do you think about uh, what Howie did in the draft this year overall in terms of uh, addressing both sides of the football? Well, I, I'm really kind of stunned that they ended up only drafting five players assuming he doesn't do something to get back into the seventh round here or something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they began the draft with 10, 10 picks. Um, you, you can certainly see how they ended up with five. I mean, you got A.J. Brown, you got yep. uh, Jordan Davis, you know, you, you moved up several times here and there and uh, got guys you wanted. Um, but five picks, I I expected, you know, more help than that, I guess. Um, they've got a lot of work to do with UDFAs and with veteran free agents, I think, in the coming weeks. Uh, 
I think we'll have to see something like Honey Badger or something like that for the mm -hmm. secondary coming in. You know, I don't think it's going to be up to the UDFAs and the guys that are already here to plug those right. holes. But hey, I, do Les, like, I do like you, a lot of what he's done. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't fault uh, the five guys they got. I, mean, I don't know anything about these last couple guys, but the the three guys they drafted the first two days and and AJ Brown, uh, sure. And, and last the one thing that I've been harping on the last couple of days that I like the most that um, last year. Howie finally dipped into the SEC to take a first-round pick, and he goes back this year. The conference that this organization had neglected for so many years, and we kept wondering on the outside looking in, why did you not pick players from the SEC? All of a sudden, somebody got in Howie's ear and told him, hey, you want premier players? That's the conference you start with. Yeah, I guess so. He talked a lot about how much time they'd spent at Georgia this year. Um, they, you know, they ended up with two two Georgia players uh, in the first three rounds. Um, I think maybe he thought for a while that, you know, everybody scouts the SEC so thoroughly that maybe you find a, a more of an uh, undiscovered gem or something sure. at 12, but what he found more often, and I mean, they did, you know, they got Zach Ertz and a lot of guys from the Pac 12, but they also got Donnell Pumphrey and, and guys like that. And yeah. I, more often than not, the level of play tricked them into thinking they had something they didn't with some of these guys. And, uh, you know, there, I don't think there's very much of that in the SEC. It's not to say everybody who goes to school in Georgia or Alabama is going to be a star NFL player. That's not right. true. But you're not going to misevaluate because of the level of competition. Hey, Les, uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to me today. I know you have uh, deadlines and commitments, but uh, as always, thank you for hopping on board here with us on the Jacob Media YouTube channel and being a part of this year's edition of Draft Takes, my friend. My pleasure, Gunner. Take care. You too. All right, we're going to go from the East Coast all the way out now to the left coast and bring in a guy who is – one of my favorites, man. I mean, he's always ran to go. I don't know if this man ever sleeps, to be honest with you. Never. But 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 you, you know him as Big Sills. He is Dan Cilio of the National Football Show, which is a significant part of the Jacob Media YouTube channel family. And Big Sills, how's life on the West Coast, brother? Well, you know, once I get out of Commie, California, after my daughter ends up leaving uh, the University of uh, Grand Canyon University, I will be back on the East Coast. I promise you this. Um, I, the one thing I've learned, D-Gun, yeah. is this. Yeah. I could talk to the people in Philly, and my wife say this, says this to me all the time. Who would have ever thought Philadelphia would have been the city that you would have parachuted in where everyone looks at you and goes, Cilio, are you from South Philly? I'm like, why do you have that rear end attitude like you're from South Philly? I'm like, she goes, you fit in so well. And really, man, it's really been a lot of fun. Really, really been a lot of fun so far. Now, you said you're going to relocate to the East Coast. Are you oh, yeah. To, are you coming to Philadelphia or are you going oh, somewhere no, else? Oh, no, Florida. Are you going back to Florida? I'm saving my money, D-Gun, <laughs> as we get older. Nobody moves north, D-Gun. They no. move south. No, 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 man. Hey, you know, I used to live in San Diego, and that's my number one favorite city oh, in all beautiful. of America. Unfortunately, I told my wife, who's from Southern California, hun, I hate to break your heart, but we cannot afford to move back to California anymore. I couldn't afford an Adobe hut in Southern California right now. 
A tree hut goes for around one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, and I told my I told my wife this too. I'm like, sweetheart, it's the best place on the planet, but even the bums (laughs) are at a hundred thousand dollar level, and that's not good enough to live out. Even the people that live on the street make a hundred grand. They all got cell phones. He got. They're all going like this. Hey, put that E trade in. Exactly. Not for me. I got to save my money. How, how much is my Bitcoin worth today? <laughs> well, yeah. you know they're handing those out like they're handing out uh, food stamps out here in California. Oh, jeez. All <laughs> right, man, let, 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 let's talk a little football. I want to hone in on the Philadelphia Eagles because that that's what we do here. And you have been critical of Howie, Rose, Howie Roseman and his drafts uh, in recent years. So initially off the top, I need your thoughts uh, on how you felt the Eagles did this year in terms of drafting and addressing both sides of the football, even though they gave up a lot of draft capital to get a few players, but looks like marquee players, man. Quantity too. You know, yeah. it's the quality and the quantity of what they did in this draft here. And I was talking about this other, other day, Derek, and that was the sequence yeah. of needs on this football team. You know, you got to add A.J. Brown into the evaluation of this draft because he yep. gave up draft capital to get him. That's right. So they needed a veteran wide receiver in the room. They got it. And not only just a veteran wide receiver, but a veteran wide receiver that fits the system. They're a mm-hmm. run-dominant team. He comes from a run-dominant team. That's the Tennessee Titans. It's not, to me, a guy like Tariq Hill, Coming to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. okay, we still got to figure whether or not Jalen Hurts is the quarterback. We're trying right. to figure that out now. Well, getting a, two burners on each side doesn't really fit the makeup of what they're going to do and how they go about moving the chains. They're a 38-carry team. They want to cut that down, D-Gun, mm-hmm. to yep. at least 25 carries and have more where their 25 carries at 4.5 yards a carry creates – it creates more, again, on play-action pass for Jalen, which means the tight end will become more effective in this offense. You're going to have now a playmaking Michael Irvin-type player and A.J. Brown. That's how I look at him. I look at him as a Michael Irvin third-down wide receiver that's going to catch footballs to move the sticks. Then you got on the other side, on your other side, you've got Devontae Smith. He's going to have more open lanes, in my opinion, because of the addition of A.J. Brown. And I'll say this to you, too. Degon. one thing is for sure. Yeah. I did not believe they were going to give Jalen Hurts the opportunity to succeed. Mm. Howie Roseman now is doing what they're doing with Chris Greer down in Miami and with Tua Tagovailoa. You have the chance to succeed now. Right. We've got you the commodities. Go out and show us if you're the guy, whether or not you can go out and and move the sticks. So getting AJ was enormous. And to me, that's the crowning achievement in this draft. I said on the Jordan Davis uh, deal on Friday, prior to going into your guys' great broadcast covering the draft on Friday, or excuse me, Thursday night, I said if Jordan is between 11 and 14, mm-hmm. it's cool to trade up. Go get him, couple picks. There were only 14 true first-rounders in this draft. Mm. There weren't 32 first-rounders. I think, Derek, by the time you got to 15, 
Right. 15 to 60, to me, I think these guys were all the same. Okay. I don't really think that there was that much, maybe an inch here, maybe an inch over here, maybe a 40-yard dash. I, I, I and, and, and Davis was one of the 14. So, to me, what you do is you're now getting the air parent. You've now increased your defensive front seven, so you look like the 2017 group where you have a good-looking front seven. Let's just do this, Derek. Let's pretend his floor is Vince Wolfirk. Okay. Say he's not a seven-sack guy, yeah. but his I say his floor is Vince Wolfirk, and his height could be a Fletcher Cox because Fletcher was a better pass rusher than what Vince was. If you have the best run-stopping defense in the NFL and you have the best run offense in the NFL, mm-hmm. you're giving yourself a chance every single year to go out and win an NFC East. Yeah. Number one rush defense, number one rushing offense. You're going to be in every football game. Now it's all about moving the chains. And this comes back to Jalen. This draft was a lot about Jalen and improving that defensive side of the ball. By the way, with the addition of Jordan Davis, now the Hassan Reddick deal looks 10 times better because you addressed a rush end. Now you got in the middle of your defense. Then – you got maybe the steal of the draft in Nicobe Dean. I'm going to make mm. a comparison to you, Derek. I think Nicobe Dean, he reminds me a lot of Denzel Perriman. And where I go with Denzel Perriman is Denzel Perriman, by the way, made the Pro Bowl this past season with That's the right. That's He's right. He's a 510 guy, not the big, and he's a hurricane. Derek, when I saw him at Chargers camp, yeah, I was like this holy crap this guy is small yeah yeah. he'll never make it he's been to multiple pro bowls he's had 130 tackles and i think dean's better i think dean is more versatile i think dean when you play in a system like you do in georgia where you're going sideline to sideline in my opinion as long as his health and i think sometimes the issues with his health and his shoulders are because of his size. Mm-hmm. But when you've got horses, and, and I don't know about you, maybe the Albert Haynes were a defensive tandem that they had up in Tennessee back in the day. I can't think of a better defense or bigger defensive tackles in NFL history than what the Eagles are going to have. So I really loved what they did. The Cam Jurgen deal, you know, they probably looked at the center position for next year and said, is there a kid coming out? And they probably went like this. No. Derek, you know this as well as I do. If you don't have a great left tackle and a great center, you have no chance of winning an NFL championship. That's right. You have to have – because just so everyone knows, it's not so much the quarterback when he comes to the line of scrimmage when he's setting the blocking schemes. Mm -hmm. The center does odd even. He'll go odd even, shade, slip scoop. He'll be talking to the guys why the quarterback – is setting the formation. You'll hear the center talking. The center and the quarterback are working because they got to work on pass protection. Right. If you don't have a very smart center in that process, you're going to be in massive trouble. And from what I'm hearing, I heard Jason Kelsey help the scouting department and identifying this kid from Nebraska, and he had input and said, this kid reminds me of myself. He's going to pick everything up, and to me – Listening to players, plus your coaches, plus the personnel department. I get where people go, center, 
you have to have a great transition at left tackle and at center position. And when you do, it solidifies your old line. So overall, I'll say this to you about how he's drafting so far as offseason. Spectacular. And I'm hearing Honey Badger will probably be a member of the Philadelphia Eagles maybe by next week. Really? If you get all this signed, sealed, and delivered, in my opinion, the Philadelphia Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC East. Wow. Wow. You heard it right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel and Draft Takes. I appreciate it. And now let's go back to N'Kobe Dean for a moment. I don't know how much of the uh, the Draft Takes show that you, you, you got a chance to see with us on Thursday night, Seth Joyner, Mike Quick, myself, Rob Ellis. And Seth and I were arguing back and forth about linebacking play and who we wanted to take. He wanted a bigger linebacker. I said, don't judge N'Kobe Dean by his size. Um, I said, if there was a linebacker that I would take in the first round, he is the only linebacker I wanted in the first round. I compared him to the smallest linebackers like the Devin Bush, Devin White, Michael Kendricks, all small guys who have excelled at the highest level in this game. When I look at N'Kobe Dean, I'm looking at a heat-seeking missile. Sideline to sideline, he can track anybody down. He can run with most running backs in a national, probably a national football league. He can cover the tight end as well. And he is a blitz monster. He will find the open gaps with those big guys up front, chewing up space and commanding double coverage at any given moment. You got three behemoths now, or four, four behemoths now up front. Can Nicobe Dean come in there and have an immediate impact when you already have Kazir White? Hassan Reddick, who can put his hand down in the dirt or stand up. You know, we made fun of the Eagles linebacking position for years. Now it could be the strength of this team. Here's, here, here's, and when you talk Bush, you got to remember Vita and Dominic and Sue were in front of him. Right. Which right. gave him the ability. And to me, look at how Howie's looking at this. He's got two behemoths playing defensive tackle to protect N'Kobe Dean the same way he was protected when he was at Georgia so he can run the scrape line and go sideline to sideline. Yes. All due respect to Seth. That's a different NFL back then when you had to be two and you had to be LeVon Kirkland. You had to beat guys like that that were 256 pounds inside linebackers. Now you've got to be more of the Derek Brookses, Derek. You've got to be a cover two guy because what are you being asked to do? And I've said this before about the Steelers. When they lost Ryan Shazier – in my opinion, of all the people that the Steelers have lost over the years, right. Antonio Brown, uh, Le'Veon Bell, whomever you could just throw out there, to me, the loss when he got paralyzed was that he was the Gronk killer because he could play the run, he could cover the linebacker, he could yeah. cover the seam, and he could cover the slot. You almost have to be like a Tampa 2-style defensive linebacker today, and those are usually around 215 to 218. It's a different league today. That's why guys like Denzel Perriman and Bush down in Tampa mm-hmm. succeed. As long as you have horses in front of these guys. Here, here Derek, here, here, always been the problem when you have smaller linebackers. Well, if you don't have very good defensive tackles, unfortunately, this is the position I played. When, right. you, when you have defensive tackles in front of you that are getting blown off the ball or are unsure of what, hap- what, they're, what they're doing, okay, so now you move the scrape lane back. The linebacker has to move back. You're talking about three yards, four yards, just the guy falling forward. Yep. When you've got engaged defensive tackles, your linebacker goes up and down the line of scrimmage, and you're a formidable run defensive football team. That's the kind of player he is. You know, 
The problem you may see with him a little bit is because he plays with a reckless abandon, which I love. Yep. And that's also one of the reasons why he possibly gets injured in the shoulders because of the way that he plays. If he can stay healthy and get through a 17-game season, in my opinion, this could be, again, a guy that should have been taken around 21. You ended up getting in the third round. Fantastic move. I, I, I just – I think it's really an absolutely fantastic play for them and what they've done. The one thing that is so confusing about him is all of a sudden the day of the draft, the rumor comes out that he has this pec injury. Okay. And we know An teams, agent. Yes. We know teams play games. Agents do around. this. Agents yeah. do this too. Yeah. So that they can get their guy drafted or again, other teams. They go, this is why we passed on him. This is why they passed on him. You have so many. That's Dan dirty. Marino, it's dirty, man. Dirty. It's, a, it's a dirty business. Dan Marino. Yeah. I mean, look what happened to the kid Tunsil, Derek. Yes. On the, on the draft night, yes. somebody from his family posted a marijuana bong hit, and the kid was supposed to be the third pick in the draft. He went down in the 20s. Yes. Cost him millions of dollars. It's a dirty business. And from what I heard from Dean, Dean's saying, hey, I have no medical issues. I'm going to be there for yes. mini camps. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the kid's word for it. And I'm going to also talk to two coaches. I'm going to talk to uh, Nick Saban, and I'm going to talk to Kirby Smart. By the way, I heard you say something. I want to address something you said. Yeah. yeah. About how we going into the SEC. Yes. Such – not only are they the best talented kids, Derek, but they're the best coached. Most already, they, they're the reason why you're seeing less bust come out of those programs. Yeah, you you're paying the offensive defensive coordinators just at Alabama alone two point five million dollars. Absolutely, at, you're making head coaching money at Alabama as a coordinator and a position coach. Florida, Texas A and M, Tennessee, mm -hmm. all of these places have the best coaches in the country that's why when you go into the southeastern conference you're not just getting the best talented kids because they go for exposure right they go for the coaching that's where it all is today pac 12 okay you know not really big 12 i have problems with guys on defense in that conference offense maybe i'm pretty cool with it but they don't play a lick of defense why would I draft a ton of guys in premium picks out of the Big 12 when the majority of those players get killed on Saturdays? You think they're going to improve their game on Sundays? Yeah. Not me. So I loved what you said because the best coaching comes out of the Southeastern Conference. Mm -hmm. Hey, before I let you go, Big Sales, um, in a general sense, who do you think had a great draft this year? I, I tell you what. The, there's, no, there's no question the Jets. Boom. There you the go. The Jets – Joe Douglas, and I yes. know if Howie Roseman is looking at his boys and looking at Andrew Barry in the offseason he's had in Cleveland, yep. he's got to be looking up the pike there at the Jets. The Jets had – they pretty much drafted the best player almost in every single round yep. this year, and they're going to get better. But the other team – there's one other team. And, and, and Derek, how many years do we say this? Jesus, criminy. Those damn Ravens. <laughs> I mean it, Every man. year with this team. They never miss. They don't miss. They never they don't miss. miss. They get guys like a Jabo. They get, you're going like this. How do these people fall to them like that? Howie, 
Ozzy Newsom did such a great job at yes. pouring the cement yep. for that organization, and it's resonating to today. He should still be on the pay staff for what he's done for that organization. He's got to be a consultant in that conversation, man, because that organization, I'm just telling you, dude, okay? It, it just, I'm just telling you, man. It, it is one of the absolutely best, um, best, best drafting rooms I've ever seen. Hey, Big Sales, right now we have over 600 people watching us live right now. I want everybody out there to pound that like button. Thanks for tuning in. Keep tuning in. We love it. Uh, Big Sales, I can't thank you enough, man, for taking the for time you, to talk to me. Uh, you know I love talking football with you. Hey, hey, I got to tell you something, Derek. Gunn. Yeah. It, I, it's an honor for me, and I don't say that much thank you, brother. to people because I tell you what, your reputation – is awesome and you've accepted me and yes. thank you so much and it's truly an honor to be a friend of yours thank you brother you know we're going to get you on our sports take show one day soon with uh me by the way it's kicking ass yes it is we have you know thumbs up brother keep telling all your friends on the west coast about the show and of course we tell them about your show each and every day and you know that cross that cross promotion i know they do us, brother you know what i'm saying I got Big you, sales. man. I'm with you. I'm one of your boys now, Derek. Yes, yes, brother. All right, man. You take care of yourself. Go outside and enjoy some of that sunshine. Go down and <laughs> go down to Mission Beach. You know, sit in the sand, or go to the you know, the, the Lamp District. Have yourself a nice Mexican meal. Coronas, Coronas, Coronas in Dan, baby. That's Joe Krause. Coronas Ooh. in the Dan Cave. <laughs> man. All right, brother. Enjoy your day, man. All right, what a day we've had here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel uh, on this edition of Draft Takes. Uh, I'm going to thank all my guests who have been a part of this. Um, you know, had Ray Dittinger on, Seth Joyner, Barrett Brooks, uh, Dave Zangaro, Les Bowen, and, of course, Big Sills himself, Dan Cilio. Uh, can't thank you guys enough for tuning in and keep punching that like button because that's what we like to see. And we know that you are enjoying a lot of the information that we're passing out to you as well. Of course, uh, this year's edition of Draft Takes is brought to you by IBEW Local 98. Mark Lynch is your manager. Hey, don't forget, Monday through Fridays from noon to 3 p.m., it's Sports Take right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel with Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, and myself. We're going to have a lot of guests coming up this week. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who, but just stay tuned on social media platforms to find out who we're going to have coming up on the show in the upcoming week to talk some football, talk some NBA playoffs, talk some baseball as well. Uh, hey, also, don't forget, you know, for those of you who can, start making your summer plans right now at Ocean Casino Resort, the exclusive provider of all Jake Media content. Go for the beach. Go for the win. This has been Draft Takes presented by IBE. W local nine uh, local ninety eight Mark Lynch your business manager I'm Derek Gunn for all of us here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel thanks for tuning in from Thursday through today uh, watching all of our draft coverage the numbers have been through the roof uh, and also if you want to find me elsewhere you can also find me on my Gun on One podcast uh, my latest podcast has just come out Barrett Brooks former NFL player uh, join me on the podcast to talk some Eagles and football in general. So until next time, so long, everybody. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. 
to learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org.